0: The Laughter Permitted podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hello!
1: Welcome to Laughter Permitted. I'm Julie Fowdy. I'm Lynn Ozaoui, and it's officially hacker time. Whoop,
0: whoop! Our guest is Dr. Colleen Hacker, or Flash, as I call her, because she shines light wherever she goes. And Flash is a professor at Pacific Lutheran University and a world-renowned speaker and consultant in sport, in performance psychology she worked with our u.s women's soccer team for many years in fact at three world cups and three olympics and she's also been with a ton of other olympic athletes and teams like field hockey and ice hockey she has been part
1: of six different olympic games and 10 world championships we once again draw on colleen's extensive expertise and this time around We are going to celebrate wins. The three of us all share wins that we had in 2023, and we'll go into why we're doing that. By the end of the episode, our hope is that all of you in the Dope Village get inspired to celebrate your own wins. A class with Flash is in session. So get
0: comfortable listening. It's Dr. Colleen Hacker. kick back relax and unwind let's have a good time finding the joy in life we're smiling so bright talking and laughing combined feeling
1: all right get it comfortable listening. it's laughter permitted should we all just take a collective joyful moment that here we are I know,
2: I know. Every time I see this screen, every time I see this screen, I'm like, winning, winning.
1: (laughs) I know. You guys,
2: you guys are just my happy people. You know, you're just my happy people.
1: I will dive in because it was my idea for what we were going to talk about today. So I think it's on me to actually set that up. Snap, snap, go, Lynn. (laughs) Yep, I'm ready today is all about celebrating wins. And the jumping off point involves a backstory, which is that Julie and I now start just about all of our meetings together regarding laughter permitted by celebrating a win with one another. And I did several sessions with you, Colleen, earlier this year, and that kind of reintroduced the idea of wins to me and so I brought it up to Julie and I, it was sort of my hope that we could have a little beat before we started going into our agenda because for every meeting I set an agenda and it's like bullet points and you know, we have to go over things and if we just go to that there's sort of a human element between our friendship and relationship that's missing so we started doing wins and one of the other things Jules, if you'll allow this, I can edit it out. If you're not comfortable with it, is that typically when I ask you how you are, you have a pretty standard response. Good. <laughs> good. Which I'm thrilled for. It doesn't give me a ton to work with. Uh,
2: just a second. I'm. I'm trying. I'm trying to work through my shocked face hearing Jules go, "Good. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. It's good." <laughs>
1: So I I've never asked you this Jules, we've been doing it for maybe like 9 months or so. What has the experience been like for you just celebrating a win off the top of our calls? Um well,
0: cuz I run at about 100 miles per hour. Sometimes I'm like, shit, let's just get this agenda done. But most of the time, I am like, yeah, you're right. It's like a good reminder for me to go, okay, er, put on the brakes. Mm. Stop. I, I want to knock things out and be very efficient and um. And Lynn is always a good. You're always very good at being like no. Let's take a let's take a beat mm. to your point. Let's take a breath. Uh, which I'm not good at, as y'all know. So it's it is really good for me because then I have to stop and think. And there's always a win.
1: Yeah, the thing I've liked about it is I've had a bit more context as far as just what's going on. I have found I don't think you're super comfortable with giving a super in-depth rundown of everything going on in your life, but something as simple as, "Hey, what's a win?" actually tells me a lot, and I hope that it, in some ways, it does the same for you. For sure. Yeah,
2: I- I'm nodding, Lynn, because you know I would I would suggest it's not just what is shared, it's not just what the win is, mm-hmm. but you sort of alluded to this it's sort of peeling back the layer of why is that a win like how how did that bubble up yeah wins are so personal and so contextualized that it's not so much the what as the why but the yeah. what the what is what opens the door i think to uh, greater knowledge, more sharing, greater understanding. The what is a window into what I would argue is what is more important, mm. right? It's it's yeah. what do you value? What has happened? What has yeah. had this impact? Why why did you have this feeling in that situation? Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm I just I'm smiling. I'm not surprised at all that that wouldn't be. That Jules wouldn't go, oh, I can't wait till our next meeting (laughs) to share my wins. Like, game on. I would not have that on her bingo card. And may I be so blunt to say, I I suspect when you sit down and go, what what do we want to do for season 10? Jules like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you asked. Let's do a whole thing on our wins.
0: But I think there's something there. Well, I will say when she said... Uh, I want y'all to come up with three wins. And I was like, three?
1: (laughs) No, for the year. Three wins. Yeah, for the year. For the year. I mean, I
0: thought we were going to try and keep this tight. And she goes, I believe in you. You can give me three wins. I came up with six. Like, girl, let me push back. When you go, when
2: your face did that, like, three, (laughs) say something more about that. Like, say something more about three. It means I have to stop and reflect, and it's
0: like, I don't got the time. Oh, oh. It's more like I'm, like, pushing forward to get, like, the work done, and then I got to stop and reflect and I'm really bad at that which is why it's so good because it made me think through the ear and I was like okay let's just think a little bit deeper than the fact that you got all your clothes at Marshall's which is a big win or TJ Maxx or Nordy's Rack (laughs) all within like five miles of me
1: yes huge win (laughs) wow that's so interesting and I think one of the things we're gaining in our Relationship Jewels is leaning into just how different we are, (laughs) because I love it. I love (laughs) reflecting and processing and looking at what are the takeaways. Every hard situation where I may have fumbled and messed up, I'm like, okay, what do I have to learn here? So that's really cool to hear. And at the same time, I don't necessarily need to sit in it. And maybe that's something I can glean from you that at some point you do move on you can't sit in it forever take it and and move forward but yeah when i was like okay how am i gonna i've probably been thinking about this for a week (laughs) so my wins for a week and i had this idea for this episode i mean i had to set an alarm two months ago (laughs) (laughs) to remind me to think of them. and then i got to
0: this morning i was like what is wrong with you you have not thought about your wins so I made myself in the showers when I do my best thinking.
1: I'm sure Colleen can explain to us why showers are a great place for thinking. I wonder, though, maybe we, we we keep on the wins theme because this takes us back to 2020. I just will never forget the episode we did at the end of that season where, and I can't remember what number season that was, but that was when we talked about hunting joy. And one of the things you talked about is celebrating wins and how you will do the dishes and it's like, the dishes (laughs) are done. And in the sessions that we did earlier this year, we talked about micro wins and we talked about how these wins are very valuable. So I think if you could illuminate us like you normally do as to kind of what Julie and I are doing, what we're gonna do today, but that there's such value in wins.
2: There is, Lynn, there is. And when I think about micro wins, when I think about being aware of wins, when I think about celebrating wins, there are interrelated processes that are all really valuable and helpful. So I'm just going to say these sort of three areas, but celebrating wins is important and it involves what's called neuroplasticity, right? Which is a big fancy word that that simply says our brains actually change. Our brains actually change in response to experiences we're having. It's not just that we think different or we're different people, like there's structural changes. So our brains aren't stagnant. And so when you celebrate wins, you are strengthening neurological connections which is really important, I mean, seriously, from an evolutionary standpoint, to know what's good. Part of why it's so important to know what's good is to repeat that behavior. So neuroplasticity is, is one of the reasons. Second, and I've hinted at this before, and these aren't scary words, but, but celebrating joy, recognizing wins, reinforcement, rewards, release certain neurochemicals. You don't have to know what the neurochemicals are. You don't have to care about neurochemicals. But if you don't see whatever that experience is that causes neuroplasticity, if you don't see that as a win, as positive, as celebratory, as reinforcement, kind of the big three are uh, dopamine, which we hear a lot about, right? Dopamine's the feel-good chemical but oxytocin too, oxytocin sort of considered the love hormone, but oxytocin is like playing with a dog, playing with a baby, holding hands. It's Mm -hmm. just, Mm -hmm. it's this deeper, more enduring where dopamine is like, did it, nailed it, dishes (laughs) done, you know, and then endorphins, right? Endorphins, like fitness, physical activity, but these neurochemicals, Think of it as just washing, like you go take your car to a car yeah. wash and all this water, you know, cascades around your car. These neurochemicals, when you you go winning, did it, that was awesome. Uh, when you recognize it and feel it, your brain is literally washed in these neurochemicals and they have a, an effect on your mood, your feelings, your confidence and it serves as building blocks for bigger, harder, harder kinds of
1: things. Uh, I never thought of it like that, Colleen, that the little wins set us up for bigger wins.
2: hundred percent. And and then I'll just briefly say, celebrating wins, reinforcing yourself, it's not about puffing your chest out for other people. It's I think mm. of it as much more personal we're we're doing it out loud on a you know thousands of people, thousands and thousands of people podcast but uh, what we're trying to do is create a habit loop. And so that's lo- sort of the third piece is neuroplasticity, the neurochemicals and the habit loop and simply said a, a habit loop is a cue, a routine, a reward. And so as you celebrate these wins more, that you, you have these cues for the opportunities for a win, you you make a connection to a routine. When I do this, B happens, and then I'm rewarded. And so it, it creates a very powerful habit loop. I'm just going to say one more thing. At its core, for all humanity... Behavior that gets rewarded gets repeated. It's that mm. simple. That's just mm. a fact. Behavior that gets rewarded gets repeated. Now I have to hasten for listeners that works positively and negatively. I'll I'll just I'll just do a, a quick example of each. Behavior that gets rewarded gets repeated. So if I wake up in the morning and I brush my teeth. And then I have that clean valve feeling. What am I likely to do tomorrow? Brush my teeth. Because I Mm. love that reward of clean teeth, right? It's not the act of brushing your teeth. (laughs) I love moving my elbow back and forth and repetitive (laughs) while holding an implement. It's not the act of brushing your teeth. It's the reward of brushing your teeth. I'm sure this never happened with Izzy and Declan, but now I'm going to give a children example where behavior that gets rewarded gets repeated. So when kids are in the checkout line, we've all experienced this and they're going, can I have the candy? No. Can I have the candy? No. Can I have the candy? No. And the kid starts crying and screaming and then the parent relents. Mm. Guess what's going to happen the next time you're in the checkout line? Mm -hmm. The kid's going to skip the ask, ask, ask. And the kids learn that by escalating and embarrassing family in public, I'm gonna get right. me some candy. All right. So you might not like it, but you've rewarded that behavior. So all that I'm saying is for better and for worse, for better and for worse, because it works both, it's the same mechanism. Behavior that gets rewarded gets repeated. So pay attention to what you're rewarding.
1: Hmm.
2: I pay daily attention to what i'm noticing and what i'm rewarding because that's that's what i want to strengthen.
1: What's an example of a reward that you give yourself whether it's the dishes or let's say you have just graded all of the papers for the semester all the final exams.
2: Yeah, they they both apply. I don't i want to i want to keep this super accessible. The rewards can be tangible the rewards can be tangible. I did a hard East Coast uh, speaking engagement and my reward was new Bose noise-canceling headphones. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm looking at them right now. Awesome. Could I have bought them three weeks ago? Yes. Did I buy them three weeks ago? No, because they, and forever they will, I'm looking at, they will represent that reward. I did this hard East Coast thing. So that's a tangible reward. Most of my rewards are not extrinsic and they don't Mm. cost money, but they can. They can. You just made a huge acquisition in your corporation and your reward is a four-day weekend at some swanky spa, right? So it can cost money, but my rewards are more neurochemically based. They're intrinsic the feeling of it, the satisfaction yeah. of it, the pride yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to say that for all of us, it generally starts out extrinsic. Like I want to work out more, or I want to eat better, or I want to connect with, it starts out extrinsically. Mm-hmm. But when you when you start getting into that habit loop, the beautiful thing is it becomes intrinsic. You want it because you want it, not because of that voice saying, I have to do it. Mm. Oh,
1: that's so awesome. I say, let's celebrate some wins that each of us have had in 2023. I propose there are two ways we could go about who goes when. Either we could each volunteer, or I've set it up in front of me where I could pick at random of who goes when. I say
0: we either start with Flash or or you, Lynn. I'm going to say start with Lynn. <laughs>
1: okay. No, for real, for real. Okay, I have some notes. Let me get my notes. So as I said, I've been thinking about my wins for 2023. And at first I thought I could just go like, boom, 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 here are the wins. And then I thought I'd like to do it in the format of high, low, cheer. Mm. So I'm going to give you the high of 2023, the low of 2023. And the cheer is for someone I'm grateful for who's helped me along the way. <laughs> Wait, is the low still a win? The low, well. Great question, Jules. I was thinking the exact same thing. As often that we learn on this podcast, the low can be the thing that gets us to the wins.
2: It's okay. the springboard. Lows, lows can be absolutely seminal, essential springboards. Um, to insight or to, or to future success. So love that question, Jules. Thank you, Flash.
1: I don't think I have the wins I'm going to share without the low. So the low of 2023 for me was the month of June. June sucked. (laughs) (laughs) We better be hearing why we better be hearing. I have, I have bullet points as to why it sucked. First off, I had a work assignment that, admittedly, I did not handle that well, and I got really stressed out about it, and moreover, I wasn't taking care of myself in the way that I know I need to, and around this same time, I was what I would describe as stuck in kind of my personal life and personal growth. To the point where my therapist said to me, like, hey, if I need to take a break, I've done a lot of work up to this point, but if I need a break, it's totally cool. And she had been recommending that I do a workshop and I just kept kicking the can on it. So I just was really stuck personally and... Coincidentally enough, I was thinking about this, Colleen, you and I saw each other during that stretch for work. I was in the Seattle area and I saw you and I think you can attest. I was freaking stressed out, had like no appetite. Yeah, it was hard. And I think I even told you.
2: You did. But I'm smiling because I loved when you were here. So my (laughs) June experience of you is only happy. So herein lies the difference. But yeah,
1: and it was so wonderful to see you. And uh, admittedly, though, I was kind of bummed that I was feeling that way. You know, it's like I I do the things I do when it comes to just the litany of, of self-care but really an integrated life you and I Colleen have talked about an integrated life that all of that factors into ultimately how I want to show up so oh and the other thing is that Jules I saw you as well because I went to your camp on the back end of three back-to-back work trips and in thinking back to that time I was super wishy-washy about whether I was going to go and, um, the reality was that I was really worn out. My body at that point was screaming at me and I wasn't listening. And it's like, I, what I wrote down, is like, I refused to listen. I just kept pushing through, which is very 2018, 2019 of me. So it, June doesn't end there. I get home from your camp, Jules. And what I'll say is that I had a moment at your camp. Like it's, it's embar- There's a part of me that is embarrassed to say this where I kind of like my body just was like, we're done we're done. You're not listening. We're done. And I, to the point where someone actually asked me at camp, are you okay? So I get home from your camp. I test positive for COVID. It's the first time I've had COVID. COVID also sucks. And it still, though, took me about another five days or so to finally just stop. That was low when i and now i'll go into the highs because when i finally stopped there was this kind of left foot right foot breathe repeat it's not like i said to myself lynn what are you doing you need to completely change your life it was like i just i know i'm i need to get back on steady ground and i just kind of need to put one foot in front of the other and this is where some big wins from 2023 started to come into play first huge win is my fitness i am the strongest I've been in years and I freaking love it. It feels so good. And this is how it happened. In the midst of COVID, I was ordering my groceries online, which I feel very grateful that I had the ability to do that. And I was ordering other things online. I finally ordered a muscle scraper that I had had on my to-do list for the longest time. I finally was like, just order it. And this muscle scraper does myofascial release. It has changed my life. Julie knows I will talk to a tree about this muscle scraper, I love it so much, but what it did was I had a knot in my calf that feels like I tried everything under the sun to resolve it. I had it for years, it affected my Achilles, couldn't run. Within about two weeks of using this muscle scraper every day, that knot went away. That right there changed my life. It coincided with Sue Hammond, who was the national team trainer for years at your Camp Jules. she taught me how to properly tie my running shoes because I told her about this knot in my calf. and she's It's the, the first... little things. It's the little things. So I learned how to tie my shoes and that gave me so much ankle support. And when I was on the back end of COVID, I started doing a strength training program from the book Roar. By Dr. Stacey Sims which Jules your friend and my friend as well Carrie recommended to me on the heels of the Emma Hayes episode because the message in Roar is that women are not small men so those three things coincided and I started running again Lori Hennis gave me that hack to sort of get through a mental block I had about running 40 minutes so a huge win is my fitness I'm just at this place where I feel great and I have a strength training program that I love and I'm kind of adding things as I go. So awesome. The other win. Wait ap- a second, Lynn. Am I, yes. am
2: I allowed to say something? Sure. Uh, me being me to, to listeners. And that is that two out of the three people in this current podcast can say the sentence. I was at Julie Fowdy's camp this summer. One of the three of us <laughs> is not able to do that. And still, she's committed to somehow living a fulfilled life. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to name names. I don't want this to get personal. But two out of our three people on the podcast was at Julie Fowdy's camp this summer. So thank you for that little dagger in, let's just say, one of our three
1: hearts. But well, can- you can
2: under. But continue, Lynn, please.
1: You can understand why, then, as I'm limping (laughs) to her camp. Like, that's Mm -hmm. why I so wanted to go, to be be honest. Uh, After COVID, after June, we also did the World Cup episodes. Huge win, because I think that flexed a different muscle for us. And I got some real perspective about our podcast as far as appreciating it. So that was a big win for me. And then one of the biggest wins pretty much of my life is that I made the investment to go to this workshop that my therapist had recommended. I did it at the end of August. It was about a six-day workshop. Uh, I feel very fortunate that I had the means and ability to go and do it. And I've continued the work, personal growth work, since that workshop. I would describe it as deep soul work. And the biggest win from that is because I could go on. I could go on for days about the wins I gained from that. The, the win I want to share is just the amount of gratitude I have for the people in my life. So that takes me into some cheers. Cheers to our dope village for being with us and continuing this journey with us. I started an email address this year, and the emails sometimes that come in just blow my mind. My friends have the best friends I could ask for, my family, my therapist, Michelle, she's a mirror to me to shine back my inner light. Dr. Colleen Hacker, I did sessions with you and I've mentioned that and I carry them with me daily, especially after that June period of energy management. And the other thing I want to express to you is there are times where I'll text you or shoot an email and your responses, I don't take those for granted that you take the time and often reply with a really thoughtful response. And Julie Foudy. So
2: meaningful. I can't just let you do that and sit and <laughs> silently.
1: Gratitude.
2: That's super meaningful to me because those are the things that I care most about. To hear those words from you or to know that that you know, you 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 hope, you hope, but you don't know until it's expressed. So thank you, Lynn.
1: Yeah, thank you, Colleen. And Julie Foudy, you this year have been the safest space for me. What mm-hmm. I wrote is as I basically as I continue to embody my light, I truly believe it's going to strengthen our bond. And I want you to know that I love you. Oh
0: I love you back, darling.
1: Wait. Sweet. Love you too, Colleen. Yeah. I mean, I just love that. I
2: love that, that it's expressed, that it's explicit, that it's shared with the person. You've both heard me say many times, gratitude unexpressed is gratitude lost. And so to hear you be explicit and specific and particular and personal and to own it is a powerful thing, Lynn. So Yeah.
1: yeah. Well the thing I'll say is that in the last few months since since this workshop there have been times where I I cry and it's tears of just such gratitude. Like deep gratitude. Yeah.
2: And awesome. you you edify something in that is that listen to how wins and reinforcement and success are inextricably linked to gratitude. They're not mm-hmm. separate like, that's why I'm saying get into the why, because mm. the successes are viewed as successes because of the gratitude or appreciation or recognition or joy that we have. So when you don't take a moment to celebrate it, I think we disconnect just a little bit further from joy, appreciation and gratitude. They're
1: inextricably linked. hmm. We're getting deep. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Flash. Let's hear it.
2: Well, I don't know if I'm going to go. Probably I'll go a different direction. Jules, this will not surprise you, but I'm, I'm trying to go bigger than me or bigger than Lynn or bigger than Jules, right? It's like, do I want to listen to a podcast of what, you know, Colleen Hacker's successes are. I'm not sure I'd tune into that, but um, there's something <laughs> bigger. And so what I want to start out with is at different phases in life, our successes are often um, more traditional. They're accomplishment oriented. And, yeah. and I just want to pause to let that sink in. And I did this and I accomplished that. and right. And I said to Jules qu- quite a number of years ago, so apparently I'm a lot older now, but th- there was a a point, just a moment, where I recognized that that moving forward in my life, I wanted to transition from the phrase I use is from success to significance. From success yeah. to significance, that it's no longer about punching the ticket that's successful for me. It's about the significance. So mm. I, I really do need to preface that, Jules. Do you remember us talking about that? Totally. Moving from mm-hmm. success to significance, mm-hmm. and 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 so I'm not saying that that's that's better or that's more evolved what I'm saying is I do think it's somewhat age related I do think it's somewhat um h- having a a foundation of successes that allows you to to be that way you know if I'd never done anything I'd probably still be chasing successes because successes are fun but I do want to say that is is that what is viewed as a reward or success or s- changes over the course course mm-hmm. of time. and then I'm um, I'm eventually going to share some. but what I what I know now with me is that that impact on others is extraordinarily meaningful to me and that relationships, relationships, relationships with me matter mm-hmm. most. And so su- successes for me are, are people that I might have had a, a mental skills coaching relationship with at first, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, but that have been in my life and reach out now just as adults, that that there's a backlog of, of trust and, um, yeah, safe harbor or insight over decades it's extraordinarily meaningful to me I'll, mm-hmm. or I'll get a visit or an email from a former student who says my three children knew the word Dr. Colleen hacker before they <laughs> get through their ABCs that they shared lessons now with their kids it, I don't know if I'm making sense but it's that it's mm. what matters to me now are and you're going to hear this is consistency significance relationships. Yeah. So consistency matters to me more than one-offs. So here we go. I ran my 51st half marathon. That's a traditional, that's a traditional win. I got out of uh, marathoning and half marathoning about eight years ago. So fun fact, I hate odd numbers for, I'm sure there's some (laughs) therapeutic reason for that. So all that I know now is I will be running 52 um, because 51 is just so.
0: Although eleven is a great odd number,
2: yeah, a double number one, Jules. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the rest of my life, and I wish I could imitate Mia more authentically. <laughs> it's it's just eleven, Jules. It's <laughs> just eleven. It's not, not
0: double number one. Not
2: double. <laughs> one. <laughs> I can listen to you two as my life's work. So that's a um. traditional accomplishment, for lack of a better way. That's a traditional accomplishment. And this one was very neat because it was all trails. There was no, Ooh, cool. it was up in the mountains. Ooh. I'm oh, like cool. up in the clouds, all trails. Ooh. It was, Which one was it? It was incredible. It's uh, about an hour north of me. Um, basically the, the, the start is at the base of a ski lift. So if you understand how high up the mountain. Oh, it sweet is.
0: Jesus. So Wait, it, how many
2: years had it been? Yeah, it, it it's it was way up there. So it was gorgeous. I mean,
0: you're not answering my question, Colleen. How many years had it been since you ran a half or a marathon? You said you took it. You took yeah, time off I took years about ago. eight
2: years off, and I just see. I'm going to get to this and hear what I just said, and I'm very disappointed in myself. And I just was running ten ks, right?
0: oh, That kind of thing. Tens.
2: Exactly. Thrilled to run tens, and I don't like that I said that. Am I aware that Heather O'Reilly ran New York City? Or uh, what you were in, New York City, Lil, Boston. It's like I try not to pay attention and I try not to care. How am I doing? I think you say fail, fail, (laughs) fail, fail. (laughs) I know. I I don't know what Hayo's doing. What do I care what she's running? Lil? No, I don't. Not paying attention at all. Not paying attention at all. Okay. So I had a recent birthday. So if you don't know how birthdays go, it means that I'm older than I've ever been before. (laughs)
0: Mm-hmm.
2: and and you get to eat whatever you want in your birthday in my world and you get to do whatever you want in your birthday here's a win for me that i thought what what makes me happy and i have these things that i've done for decades they're called sport camp day and so what did i choose to do on my birthday this year is i did a sport camp day so i designed six oh, cool. activities it doesn't qualify as sport camp unless you do five or more physical activities. My PR is 12 different physical (laughs) activities in in one sport camp, but I'm just going to be specific. And here's the order. I I ran five miles along the water and the woods. I walked Kiva three miles after that. I did a full lift and then normally I alternate lifting with backs and my back and abs. Then I did back full back and abs after lifting Damn. I played tennis, then I played pickleball. What? Yeah. So you were still the order. standing at the end? That was the order. And I'm like, it made me so happy that, that I can do that on my birthday. Yeah. I wanted to do that on my birthday. Yeah. And then it made me giggle. Like, it cracks me up still. Like, you can do anything you want. And the most fun for me was constructing a sport camp day. And I'm telling you, there was not, you know, other than driving, you know, to get to two of the places, there was not a break. In other words, I went from five miles, came home, took wet clothes Mm. on, took Kiva on a three-mile hike, basically. It just was one thing after the other, just bang, bang, bang. So it took a couple hours. I mean, that was Maybe five hours
0: of sport camp a day. (laughs) That's that's Thanksgiving in the rowdy fowdy household, right there. Yeah. Yeah. You can relate to it. Like, oh, yeah. But I love it. Like, nobody
2: made me do it. I didn't feel like I was supposed to do it. Like, that's joy. That's joyful for me. I'll just do. Uh, I'll do two, two quickies, I guess. More than three decades ago, I started a requirement because I love stuff like this, but I require myself, cause I love this to, to try one new physical activity every year of my life. Oh yeah. And I've done I remember that. Telling me that. I've done that for almost four years now. So many, <laughs> many decades. <laughs> and so this was another, uh, see what I'm saying about consistency? It's that. Uh-huh. So, mm. so I'm, I have not, I have not missed. Um, and, and it can, it's just a wide, a wide what? range of things. Wait. And then um, wait, what,
0: wait, t- wait, 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 wait. Tio, Tio. What is
2: the new physical activity? Well, I don't know if it'll seem underwhelming, but I do want to say, maybe being a little bit defensive when you hear what it was, when I do new physical activities, I, I don't I I really invest. I really invest. Like one one couple years ago, my new activity was cricket, and I hired <laughs> I hired a former um indian national cricket player if you know anything about india and cricket oh
0: my these my guys
2: are one of the best some of the best in the world so i drove to seattle like i take lessons you know curling one year i went to seattle curling club and it was a three-day clinic so i don't just do curling for the afternoon or try basketball or whatever like i so I learned lawn bowling this year in July <laughs> at Tacoma Lawn Bowling, not bocce, but lawn bowling. Oh, it so so good. It, was, it was like two or three weekends. And then I played in a tournament. Then I played in a tournament.
1: No way. Yeah.
2: So when I invest, I really, really invest. Like I get taught how to do it. I think, I think it's important To always have a beginner's mindset, I think it's a good Mm. reminder to not know how to do something and to learn how to do it, and remember what that feels like. I just think it, I think it, I think it changes what people do. Is I'm good at it. Let's do it. Let's do it again. Let's do it tomorrow. We just keep doing what we're good at, and we Mm. only draw joy if we're good. I draw joy from learning and expanding. I like being good, don't get me wrong. I like being good, I like getting better. I do like winning, all my friends will tell you I like winning, but I like growing and learning most.
0: Okay, mm. I honor and respect that. But of course my first question is, where did you end up in the lawn bowling tournament? How did you do? And that's my problem. Thank you for asking. Let's just say it this way:
2: if you won, you won a T-shirt, and I didn't (laughs) buy my lawn bowling (laughs) T-shirt.
1: You did it. You did or did Did not.
2: You won it. You won it. You were
0: not going to tell us that you won it. (gasps) Now that
2: now that the cat's out of the bag, let me just own being petty.
0: Colleen uh, flat. It was hacker. doubles.
2: It was doubles. And two of the four people playing were longtime members of the lawn bowling club. So and I'm you, like. Oh. You crushed their soul. You like a pebble into the dust. Dirt, dot, dot, dot. And if, and I'm not kidding. I want <sighs> to be someone who doesn't know that part of the story, but I have not
0: ah! yet. <laughs>
2: I have not. You were yet.
0: not going to even tell us that. I would have led with that. That is the no. difference. I would have been like, "I am awesome. Listen to this." Story. I don't know
1: that you would have, Jules. I don't know that I you was, would have. I just, you really have? If I had
0: just taken a lawn bowling and then I go crush two members, oh, she wasn't going to tell us. She just went right on over it. So noticed that, <laughs>
2: caught that right away. (laughs) I like for decades and decades and decades without fail, I've learned one new, at least one new physical activity every year of
0: my life. That's a good one. That is a really good one.
1: What is one that stuck?
0: Oh, a lot. I mean, uh, you know, I
2: first, I first, uh, tried up paddling in Hawaii and now I own two boards and I, I drive two miles down the road and I'm stand up paddling. So I'm gonna stand awesome. up paddle till I'm I'm dead and even then they'll probably just push me out on the board you know. on it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know she's out there somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean most things you know it's most like what didn't stick? like out I went outrigger another trip in Hawaii doing outrigger canoes. Uh, like I'll do that fun. in Hawaii every time I go. Mm-hmm. I hope I'll do lawn bowling at uh, Tai Chi one year. I mean, they all yeah. stuck, but I, I need my need for different physical activities changes over the, mm-hmm. years, depending on what's going on in yeah. my life at that time. Like, you know, Tai Chi came at a really, really good time, but like, I'm not, mm. yeah, I need more activity now. I need more ballistic running yeah. around stuff now, but yeah, yeah. I, I feel like. Physical activities find me like books find me. The books find me when I'm ready Mm. to read them. Um, So, Mm. yeah. But it's the the consistency. It's the consistency of doing things. The consistency of relationships. The consistency of running. You know, I would Mm. say, you know, where people are going to say, I need to start working out. A win for me is greater than 95% of the days of the year I'm working out six days a week. It's just what I do.
0: Yeah.
2: Just what I do. I can't imagine not doing it. Mm-hmm. And I do it because I love it and I want it and I love that feeling. And then I want it tomorrow. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's not the, and I did this and I, you know, climbed yeah. in Jaro and then I got, mm-hmm. you know, three more doctorates or I became a lawyer or probably because I haven't done any of those things, but <laughs> it's about significance, I guess. And that's, I think yeah. that's personally constructed, and I think mm. it it changes as we change and needs change and situations yeah. change. What bubbles to the surface?
1: Yeah, Jules, well, what are your? Wins? I thought you had you had one more win before we moved to Julie. Ah, uh, well,
2: I mean this is this is a personal one, um, Lynn. You know this one. I have now gone another year of my life you may know what's coming. I have not spent a dime this year again. Mm. <laughs> now for our listeners, when my, father, when my father died in 1990, for many reasons, uh, my, my father collected dimes in a glass bear jar that I have downstairs now. And a childhood memory was how fascinated I was about all these coins filling up the glass bear. Apparently this is what children found fascinating before there was the internet <laughs> and um, cell phones. But I just, I loved when I got to put the money in anyway, it was just this really cemented time. And so when my father died, I acquired his uh, bear and I just said, I'm never spending another dime. So since 1990, and I have people in my life that will tell you, when she says she will not spend a dime, she doesn't spend a dime. A dime has never left my possession to pay for anything. If it's a dime, it comes home and it goes in the jar. Mm. And then when that jar gets filled, and I do it as homage to my father, when that jar gets filled, then the rules are, that I get to buy something that I would not normally buy as the prize, as the reward for not spending a dime. And generally it's about $97 that, and then I hand roll the dimes because I want skin in the game. Like I won't take it to those. I won't take it to a bank. I won't put it in a machine. I want the physical investment of rolling rolls of dimes. So there are these little green packs and there's like, $97 $97 worth, uh, too long of a story, but that's meaningful to me that I have literally, factually not spent, spent a dime a that you can since say that.
0: 1990.
2: <laughs> and Lynn, you know that because one time you sent me a dime mm-hmm. in the mail.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I found it on the ground and you sent me a, I can't remember if it was a video or a picture, but you sent me, you sent me visual proof that you dropped the diamond so
2: so talk about i love tiny wins i'm like really into tiny wins i'm doing sort of bigger mm-hmm. wins now but my jam is really tiny wins now mm-hmm. i'll just end with you know sort of tiny moments tiny wins you yeah. should see when i find a dime on the ground <laughs> it can be in the most god-awful dirty location but that dime is coming home with me. <laughs> everyone in earshot is going to hear about this kid finding a dime, baby. Find <laughs> a dime. I'm like transported by bliss when I find a dime. That's winning.
1: Uh, I love that line. Transported by bliss.
2: Okay, Catch those
1: dimes.
0: Bring
2: us home. Clean up batter, baby.
0: Okay. Uh. When you were talking about your one activity of the year, I was thinking this is the first year in like three or two years. I've had two years of an injury um, because I'm now 52, but I think I'm 22 and like I get on the snowboard and I'm snowboarding and I'm in like a little half pipe and I'm like, let's go Declan. And then I eat it. And I break a rib. And then I'm running and I'm not paying attention and I break a foot. So I've gotten smarter and I'm going to tell it, take that as a win and that I've been healthy this entire year after my broken foot, no injuries. And that makes me happy because I can actually do all those physical activities that you talked about. Um, I was thinking also another one for me is having two teenagers at 14 and 16. I was thinking the fact that both of them are in really good places mentally and physically makes me very happy because as we all know, mm. that is a tough age to keep them mentally uh, and physically well. And they seem like they're both in good places. So huge mm. win for little Izzy and Deck. Um, what else did I have? Um, another, uh, win was that I, um, oh, I, I'm pleased that to your significance over success comment, Colleen, one of my big focuses over the last few years is being more strategic about doing things. I want to do that. I get paid for and I do work-wise and that it's not just, oh, you should do this because it, you know, is it, it makes money or it's a good thing to do. Well, do I enjoy it? No, I don't. I don't enjoy it and I'm not going to keep doing it. So I feel like I'm in a really good place work-wise of doing stuff that I value and that I can call work is crazy, right? Because I really love it. Like whether it's Olympics or, um, world cup coverage or little league world series or special Olympics or the podcast. Like I'm doing really things that are meaningful to me, which I know a lot of people don't have the freedom to do that. And that I've been able to carve it out that way has been great. I'm super proud of that.
2: Yeah, you've come when I hear that, you've come into your own agency, your own agency, Mm -hmm. instead of you responding Mm -hmm. to other people's wishes or priorities, suggestions or needs for you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. This is this is yours now. Yeah. Right. And there's no easy button for that, is there, Jules? Not like I don't think you could have done it five years ago, even though you wanted to do it five years ago or thought you should do it five years ago. I think that's the one thing that that I'd say is beyond the three of us is there's no easy button. Like you came to that, you grew to that, you progressed into that.
0: Yeah. In fact, I'm having that conversation right now with one of our young talented reporters who does work and she's, you know, doing a million things and flying a million places. And then, She's like, why aren't you doing that anymore? I'm like, because I don't want to. <laughs> and you'll get to a place. I said, you do have to do all this now. Cause she's like, it was awful. I'm like, exactly. You'll get to a place after having done it where you'll go, oh, I don't want to do that now. I know I can do it, but I don't want to do it. Yeah. Alignment. And then you'll be able to pick and choose what you want to do eventually. I said, but you do have to kind of go through that phase of doing it all to figure it out. Um, And then another huge win and colleen i don't even know if you know about this one but we decided this year uh that i'm not gonna do jfsla in its current form because i do i got the email
2: from pags and boy did that give me pause yeah talk about that why why is that why is that coming up now because i think that's
0: significant yeah i mean We've done it for two decades, right? It's, it's 18 years and it's been lovely, but it's, it's a lot of work. And I spend all summer on the road to begin with, with work. And so it was another week on the road. The kids are getting busier. They're not coming with me anymore. It was another week away from family and it just wasn't bringing the same joy or more importantly, less about me. It wasn't bringing, I felt the same impact, Uh, to Mm -hmm. the kids. I mean, you have a lot of kids now who it's really hard for that age, middle school, high school, who are going to college ID camps, or I mean, they're just busy. So it became more of a grind than I wanted it to be for all involved. And so we just thought, okay, let's take a breather and take a break. So we're not doing our Julie Foudy Sports Leadership Academy in its current form. The thing that kept coming, bringing me back was that I get to see all these amazing women I, uh, that we've worked with over the years, right? And this staff and this community we've built in this family. But in the end, I'm like, well, that, that's not enough, right? For it to be a reunion, we can do that on our own. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, that was a win. Can I comment on that? Yeah. Two things
2: really come to my mind in hearing you say that is the importance of the questions we ask ourselves. The questions become important. People pay attention to the answers, but the answers are going to follow the question. So I think if I asked you these things, I know the answer. Do you still believe, though, even though you're not doing Julie Foudy Leadership Academy, do you still feel that developing girls' leadership is important?
0: Absolutely.
2: Do you think that there's a need for educational services around girls' leadership? Of course. Do you want to be part of that educational enterprise in some way or another? Yes. So do, what I'm trying to say is those values haven't changed. Yeah. Jules is Yes, 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 yes. But how she's willing to participate at what cost over what course of time with what cost benefit analysis that has changed, not her passion, not her belief, not her knowledge, not her, not her willingness to invest in it. That's why the questions become so important Yeah, because people go do it, do a, you know, pros cons. I'm like, you do pros cons. I mean, (laughs) it's not, that's not enough. You have to Mm -hmm. ask the right you have to ask the right questions, yeah, and then I'm just if I may just say one one more one more thing, because it's back to our original point, these two things really need to be understood that things that initially have never been rewarding or been reinforcing before can become rewarding. Yeah, I never liked working out. I never liked work. I mm-hmm. never liked public speaking. I never liked travel. I mean, I could name a million things. But because of neuroplasticity, they can become rewarding. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people go, I did it. I don't like it. Well, I think you're done here. I think one and and done is exactly how it works. I think that's why it's important to understand neuroplasticity. That's why it's really important to understand habit loops is that things that initially were not rewarding can become very rewarding in life now to Jules. And things that were initially rewarding mm-hmm. decades ago, right, are yeah. no longer yeah, rewarding. Exactly. And and they're replaced with other things that are yeah. more rewarding. And I don't think that people understand that there's both sides yeah, to the-
0: great point. Yeah. And it took me a while to realize that. Like, I'm, it's not bringing the same joy. And I, that's not the only point to it. But if you're not feeling the same joy, you're putting less into it. And then I think it then shows, right? And that's not fair to the kids either. So um, I feel like there's got to be a a different model that will bring a little bit more energy and impact as well. So uh, we'll work on that.
2: Let me just tie together two things that you've said, Jules, on on this podcast without knowing, I don't know, I'm not going to assume you don't know the science behind it or whatever, but that you just said organically is that Not doing something that you would traditionally have done. Mm -hmm, Not doing something that you have traditionally done, that alone can be rewarding. That I am now somebody who no longer does that is rewarding. You recognize it as self-evolution, progress, development. That it's the it's not just what we do, it's that what we choose not to do anymore that I want to say to everybody listening that can be super rewarding is what I'm no longer willing to do. Yeah. And I recognize that as
0: as mm-hmm. I want to reinforce that in myself to Colleen's point. I that sh- that stuff matters so much to me. Like what we were doing mattered, right? But it wasn't the right model in the end. Yeah. And it, and and that's that's what needs to shift. And mm. I will absolutely stay in that space. So um I have no problem saying the camp's dumb, but like, I want, I want to figure out what that model would be. That will give me more energy to make more impact. Cause right now I was not, I was like, Oh God, I don't know. (laughs) I can't go back East again. I got, I don't want to (laughs) go. And I knew it was the right decision. Cause right when I announced it, I mean, I, I hemmed and hawed about it forever. I mean, I've been talking about this for like four years saying I can't keep doing this. And then when I made the decision, I was like, hell Yes. That was the right decision. I said I had six and kids were in a good place. Oh, oh, oh. The more important thing with the kids, not just being in a good place. I found this amazing community service for them, which has been another Mm. thing that I think we as parents sometimes don't spend enough time on. I know I don't. Is like we talk about service with the Leadership Academy. We try and get young girls and boys to do service. But it's been really hard for me to find something for them that works. And I found this amazing place called Glenwood House in Laguna Beach that is uh, adults with um, various forms of disabilities, intellectual disabilities mostly, who live together in this house. And the kids love it. Mm. It is like this great thing we can do together. It's been really cool. That is a huge win this year. Because awesome. that's going to be on my like list of like top things to like nail in the calendar every week. I'm trying to get him to do it on a weekly basis where we just go and hang out for two hours and we do all these fun games and yeah. it's really cool. And 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 literally, if I roll into Glenwood House, they're like, where are the kids? We don't want to see you. <laughs> where is Ian Deck? I'm like, I don't know. They had practice today. You get me. You get me <laughs> and Ian. Um, okay. And then my last one was... Um, oh. <laughs> last year... I was Dr. Fowdy, thanks to Colleen Hacker. That was a win. This year, Colleen, I am, O holy one, justice of the peace. No Fowdy. way. Yeah. In fact, someone at the wedding said to me, like, really naturally, you are the justice of the peace. I was like, well, yes, I am. <laughs> like, of course. They, like, knew. I look like Justice of the Peace. They Your said, this presence. Is, they said, this is what you do for a living. And I was like, yes, of course it is. My friends, Casey and Wiley, I did their wedding this year. Just last month, actually. Winning. Yep, yeah, we crushed it. By the powers vested in me. That's my favorite line. <laughs> By the powers vested in me. You all married.
2: <laughs> I don't know if anybody's going to see this, but I want to say to you, to to both of you, pay attention to what people's faces and body language do. Like becoming efficient, efficient was fun for Jules. Even Mm. if she didn't say it, we knew it by her tone, by her face, by how she leaned in. So if you're going like this. And then I discovered a cure for hunger. (laughs) And then I saw like, yeah, that's not a win. So it's not how big the world sees it. It's not how it sounds. It's not other people's. You will know if it's authentic and real and reinforcing and, and bathing your brain with neurochemicals, if you're smiling, laughing, gesturing, leaning in. Authenticity leaves clues. Authenticity Mm. leaves clues. Damn.
1: Yeah. Once you feel it,
2: what did it feel like to be asked to serve in that function and to know that you would have to take a step to become legal
0: and official? A lot of responsibility. Yeah. Well, I was like touched that they trusted me with one of the most important moments of your life. I'm like, wow. Now, mind you, again, we go back to Julie Friday Sports Leadership Academy. Casey had come as a camper, like, all the way through her life and then has been on our staff. Casey Stewart, I know her whole family. So um, that was really cool I, to be, you know, trusted to do that moment of – and then have to get the marriage certificate. I mean, I don't even trust myself for that stuff. I would have never – I mean, I had to. I had to get – People to sign it. I mean, that was the most stressful part. I'm like, listen, before you two even eat or sit down, we got to get this signed. I got to get it in the mail. <laughs> but the mom, Mary Gay. Thank you, Mary Gay. She put it in the mail for me. Uh, Thank you.
1: So one of the reasons for doing this with the three of us was to encourage our dope village to do this with your friends, your family. Colleen, if someone's listening to this and is like, I don't think I can do this. I can't think of any wins or this makes me a little uncomfortable. What guidance would you give?
2: Get over your bad self and start <laughs> doing it. <laughs> uh, but I, pro- I probably should I probably should be a little less flippant, but there are some themes. And, and uh, if I can, I'd like to share a couple themes that... Are that are common sort of breaks or impediments to sharing to sharing this or to thinking like this, and remember I said behavior that gets rewarded gets repeated. So there's a hook in in each of these. So here we go. One reason why people are hesitant, either in their own mind or explicitly, to share wins is they go, "I have high standards. I have high standards." Mm-hmm. So by sharing a win, it it to them, it makes it seem like they don't know that they don't think they could do better or that they're right. I have high standards. I, I don't think like that. I have very high standards. The backhanded compliment, as opposed to you, Colleen, who has like basement level standards <laughs> and everything's a win for you. It's like, it, do, that's, it doesn't work like that. So people say I have high standards as they're out. Mm. A second thing is, Is there only aware of, I could have done more. I could have done better. I could have done more. I could have done better. Spoiler alert. You can always have done more and you could Mm. have done better. But what's in it for you to stay stuck there? I mean, every speech I get, if I could have done better, every race I ran, I could have done faster. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, Yeah. yeah. Welcome to humanity. You can always do better. You can. That's what's aspirational. That's what keeps us coming back. It shouldn't be the reason that you fail to recognize your successes. Um, I, think, I think third and a biggie is the comparison game. I think a lot yeah. of us are playing the comparison game and, and almost playing the comparison game as a badge of honor. I did it earlier. I said, I only ran 10Ks. Well, if you've never run a 10K, what have I just done to people whose aspiration mm. is to finish a 10K? Mm-hmm. I've now denigrated it. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Because I run marathons, I frequently say it was only a half. Mm-hmm. So we play the comparison games. Mm-hmm. Like I ran blah, 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 marathons. Well, Shalane Flanagan ran one every week in seven 17- do you see what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. um, I want a gold medal. I only want a gold medal because who I'm talking to won three, you know, I only won two world cups, but you won three. It doesn't end. The comparison game doesn't end and there's nothing in it for you to play the comparison game. You're, you're not playing a comparison game against the history books. It's against, it's against your, your meaning, your investment, your standard, do you guys get what I'm saying about that comparison mm-hmm. game? We we don't want to say what we did because in the back of our mind, we can think of five people who did more or better or to a
1: higher standard. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a constant like, you know, I did this, but it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. No a deal. I only did, yeah. I only did I that. I just did this. But
2: I know you did way more than that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then we silence ourselves. Yeah. But we don't just silence ourselves. We keep ourselves from feeling it. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. We keep ourselves from recognizing our successes and our accomplishments and the difficulties that we overcame to run a bloody 5K. Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, I'll raise my hand. When I say that, I, I raise my own hand because, as an example, I have been interviewing women who have gold medals, world championships, all of this, all of that. And it's like, oh, I just am doing a strength training program. Well, the strength training program is actually changing my life. So it's like I have to reward that for myself. I have to find that intrinsic, mm-hmm. not worry about, you know, like it's it's the level. Like, and then back to the comparison, I was thinking this morning how I can remember doing a story with Megan Duggan, Hillary Knight, and Kendall Coyne, where they were preparing for the Olympics and they were at, in the peak physical condition and I'm looking at myself like feeling like a bag of donuts. that's not really that's not really a fair comparison for me to make. so just to mm-hmm. you know that I can read I can relate to that very much hundred percent
2: and and then I'll do one quick one i I think our culture these are these are kind of linked but our culture uh especially with women, but generally speaking, I think not recognizing our success is our own pat on the back of our humility. Look at how humble I am rather than engaging in hubris. We're so careful to not engage in hubris that we err on the side of of silent humility. And it's like my, any successes I say aren't my pat on the back. It's that felt really good. That was meaningful to me. That did not come easily. I had to say no to some things to say yes to that. It's not, it's not about self-aggrandizement. It's really recognizing what it took and what it meant to have done that. So humility and hubris are, I would argue, are not part of the equation. They're just it's just not part of the equation.
1: Something I love is that in doing this, I feel like I know the two of you more. Hmm. Know what is meaningful to you. Yeah, what lights up your face.
2: So what happens when these exchanges occur is there's an increase in authentic relationship, a deeper knowing rather than, I'm going to go there, Jules. Good, good, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> and it might be true, but we, we who care about you learn nothing. It's true but the curtain isn't peeled back right and when you choose to say something we learn we deepen we grow it feels more genuine it feels more authentic i'll just share that as the other <laughs>
0: the other
2: <laughs> what does it feel like Jules to hear me say that right cuz i know good good i'm good is true
0: yeah, it's again, it's like, it's just me taking time, which it's like, I don't know why I'm not very good at that. I'm not very good at being like, no, stop and reflect. Like, how
2: are you? My experience of you is good. Good. I'm good. Is That's why I said it's authentically you. Yeah. But as someone who cares about you, like you matter to me, you're important to me. I value our relationship, yeah. our friendship. I guess the next step is What's contributing to that? Why are you feeling that
0: way? I just want that one more step. I believe Mm -hmm. that you're good. I think I don't want to. It's like, I always think it's like people don't want to hear that stuff. They do. (laughs) They do. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's too much about me. It's like, no, I don't, you don't need, like, I'd rather hear about you. I don't like, I don't, I never, I always want to ask questions.
2: It's part of your superpower. But we uh-huh. just we just want to also know you too. We just also want to know you too. We like you. Well,
1: since I'm the one who reached a uh, saturation level with good, <laughs> I'll share a couple of things is that I reached a point where I could only give as much as I was getting. If you're always good, I don't really have any pathway to say, you know what? I actually am like a little bit stressed out right now. mm-hmm. Right. But if I hear you say, hey, I'm good, but I'm also dealing with this, it's like, oh, my God, she's a human being. (laughs) Yeah. Because you are Captain America and you are beloved. And I think what I continue to learn is that you also are a human being. And that's what I love the most about you. So apparently this whole
2: podcast has devolved into a Julie Foudy love fest. Okay, I'm good with it. I'm good with it.
0: I am on that. Theme. You guys are making me very uncomfortable.
1: Good. Stay there. That's where the magic is. That did make me very
0: uncomfortable, which is perfect for my takeaway. <laughs> because my, actually my takeaway, um, and you were Right. Len, you were right. That is where the magic is. It's what we preach to our our Mm -hmm. young girls at the Leadership Academy. Um, And my takeaway was that when I talk with Flash Mm -hmm. and I am often reminded, she calls it important Mm -hmm. to have a beginner's mindset when she was talking about taking up a new sport every year. Mm -hmm. Um, And the importance, not just... In sports, but in everything we're doing, Eleanor Roosevelt say, said it, do one thing every day that scares mm. you. It's one of the the quotes I use all the time with the girls at the Leadership Academy as well. Mm-hmm. And and instead of, as, as Flash was talking about, which was my takeaway, instead of going to the well of things you're good at, of really getting out of your comfort zone and really try and learn something different and grow and draw on that. And and it makes life a lot more exciting. So I appreciated, and that is my takeaway, Mm. uh, Flash talking about that and (laughs) that she gets a coach, like a a legit (laughs) cricket coach. It's not just like, hey, I'm going to try it. She like goes and really dives in. I mean, and the fact that, oh, oh, this is my second takeaway. Mm -hmm. When she said, let me own being petty, when she finally <laughs> told us <laughs> that she beat those two friends who were members of the lawn bowling club. Ah, let me own being petty. I thought that was good.
1: What were yours? I'm totally with you. I love Colleen's do one new physical activity a year. And that is the one where I'm like, ooh, I, I think I, that would be a really good aspirational pursuit. hmm Okay so what is it i don't know yet <laughs> i don't know yet i think just saying it out loud is step one but that's the thing saying it is one thing and then it's actually taking the steps to to do it uh-huh. but yeah I, I like that one a lot and then i want to give you an answer for a question you had for me in the episode uh-huh you had asked was my low a win And in the moment I didn't have an answer for it beyond knowing that without the low, the wins don't necessarily happen or it was a catalyst for the highs and the wins. And after thinking about it, what I can definitively say is that no, the low is not a win for me. And the reason why is to be quite candid, I abandoned myself during that period and that will never be a win. But Mm -hmm. your question reminded me of something my therapist told me years ago. She said to me, I win or learn, never lose. Win or learn, I like that. So, as we said, we hope that everyone listening will celebrate some of your wins from the year with friends, family, coworkers, teammates. And I wanted to throw out this idea is that if you aren't comfortable doing it with other people, I think, Julie, you and I would love to hear your wins. And you can hit us up at laughterpermitted (laughs) at gmail.com. We would love to hear your wins. Let's go. Send in the wins. And that email address just so happens to be where I got our question for questions permitted. Kate emailed us earlier in the season. Hi, Julie and Lynn. I loved last week's episode with Lori Hennis. Lynn, I enjoyed hearing about your running journey, especially as someone myself, who keeps trying to get into running but can't get past a certain distance. I'd love to hear more on how you achieve those goals. Running has such a mental component, especially when you aren't a natural-born runner and you are just slow. As Julie said, the podcast is about other people, but I think what you have mentioned about working through fitness challenges and finding joy and finally achieving those goals is even more relatable to the listeners who aren't elite athletes. I love the podcast and look forward to it every week. Thank you, Kate. For me, I'm totally with Kate on this. Running is super mental for me. And one of the reasons why I love running so much is how I feel at the end of a run because I get, I think, some of the most mental clarity in life after a nice run and I break a sweat. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, I have been finding myself using sticky thoughts that we've learned from guests over the years when I go for runs. So one is left foot, right foot, breathe, repeat. It's one of my favorite mantras, and I for sure use it. Mm -hmm. We learned that from Candace Parker, who's told that by Pat Summit. And the other thing is that I go at my own pace. I'm not, definitely not super fast, I'm on the slower end, and I've thought to myself, slow is smooth, smooth is fast, which is what we learned Mm -hmm. from Emily Harrington. And then Lori mm-hmm. Hennis, she really gave me that tip to get me over the hump, and I still use it that if I need to walk a little bit, I walk a little bit. And I do want to say congrats to Lori Henness and NC State for winning their third straight national championship.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I retweeted. That was awesome.
1: Now, with questions permitted, we have one loose end to tie up, and this is a question I bounce back to you, Julie? We had it at the beginning of the season from Charlotte. She asked, what is the high, low, cheer, and funniest thing of your career? And you still owe us a funniest thing because it stumped you. Uh, and it's still stumping me.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I have, I've racked my brain. One problem is, is, is memory is um, menopausally short. And so uh, going back to those moments is harder, (laughs) harder, uh, full disclosure, uh, without a bunch of my old bags. We're not the OGs, we're the OBs, the old bags (laughs) uh, next to me to discuss and hash out. Once we start riffing, then they all come flying back to me. But like, just off the
1: top of my head, I mean, we had so many pranks and- You had so much fun, it's impossible to say the funniest (laughs) thing.
0: That's it. That's exactly it. I mean, the fact that you even remember that that was still in the queue is impressive in itself. Because again, <laughs> that would not happen with me.
1: Alrighty. We good on questions permitted? I think we're good. I think we did it.
0: We did it, Dope Village. Season 10 if you can believe it, is in the books, which means season double number one will come at you next. We'll be back in action in the early springtime. And then we set the intention to have fun this season. Mm -hmm. How'd we do, you think? Crushed it. Dope Village, we sure do hope you had fun as well, and thank you for going on this ride with us. Have a great holiday season. See you back, as I mentioned, in early March. Thank you, as always, to our sponsors Ally and Dick Sporting Goods for their continued support, and to Kate Diaz for our theme music, which she wrote and composed. And as always, kids, remember, sing it with us. Laughter (laughs) permitted. I'm like transported by bliss
2: when I find a dime.